Hello, everybody, and welcome to the HTML All the Things podcast, episode number 39, The MacBook Adventures and Podcast Update. I'm your host, Matt Lawrence, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Mike Coran. Now, normally this is the part of the show where I'd be asking Mike what he was up to, and he'd say something like, I worked on some contract work and then planned out some hat content, and then it'd be passed to me, where I'd say, I also worked on some contract work and then did some work on hat. Obviously, there'd be some variance in there week to week, but it didn't really change much and just became a part of the routine for the show intro. So after receiving some advice and then looking at this part of the show ourselves, we decided that the reasoning uh, behind having this weekly update was to sort of showcase our weekly tasks as small business owners and web developers, giving people a peek into the lives of someone in a similar career path or thinking of entering this field. However, it's rather obvious that we work on contract work and that we also work on hat on a weekly basis. So we're going to be changing this part of the show to a new related segment called Weekly Pain Points, where we talk about a problem that we had in the week prior and how we dealt or are dealing with it. Now, we hope that this will offer a quick glimpse into the week's events and cutting out that routine and still focusing on like a sort of a main highlight and a challenge that we had that week to still give a little bit of that insight into our weekly doings. Weekly work doings? Is doings a word? I don't care. Anyway, furthermore, uh, we think that the segments and the structure for the show are important, but we also received some feedback on having it maybe flow a little bit better, and specifically having it be more conversational versus going from bullet point to bullet point. And while we do agree that having a bit more flow is a good thing, we also think that the structure uh, that we have aids those that are looking for a particular topic or those that are solely here to learn. So with this, we'll be keeping our segments intact and still having content within those segments be very similar to the way they are now, but we want to have more conversations within each segment and transition between them smoother. So instead of having one person talk uh, for the majority of one segment and then have the other only add comments at the end, we're going to try to jump into each other's segments and drive a bit of conversation about what's being said within a segment. Now, I know that was long-winded, uh, but I just think that it's really good to kind of talk about what these updates, what these upcoming updates are going to be like, uh, and uh, hopefully it'll help us deliver a better show for you. And of course, please let us know your uh, comments, your feedback, whatever, uh, on, on the social channels. DM us on Instagram or uh, on uh, Twitter or add us, or you know how to do use your social channels. Just go ahead and do that, because we do check those. Now, this episode's a little bit different. Uh, we had a bit of a fiasco. This is a later episode, if you uh, follow the sort of schedule. So this is not a tidbit, but it is a bit of a shorter episode, and it's because of this whole MacBook scenario. So Mike, a few weeks ago, described that he was having issues with a MacBook that we purchased, and the issues rose again, and they got worse. So we're going to be mainly talking about that because we're on a bit of a time crunch today. Uh, we'll also be talking about first and foremost, that new segment weekly pain points. Uh, but we will not be having a standard sort of segment to segment point to point episode this week because we want to implement those changes that I just described in the next sort of quote unquote full episode. So that'll be episode, uh, 40. So without further ado, weekly pain points, I'm going to pass it to Mike for his thoughts on this week. Yeah, so my weekly pain point ties directly into what we're going to be talking about the whole episode. Uh, so I'll keep it short, MacBook Pro repair, like so just dealing with my situ- MacBook situation and the fact that I had uh, a bunch of work due and I couldn't do it because I did not have a MacBook. So that's been uh, sort of dealt with, but I'm not going to spoil it because I'll be talking more about that during the actual episode. So Matt, what has your weekly pain point been? 
So same sort of thing, uh, but it's been related to yours. So I haven't been dealing with the hardware so much, but I was trying to solve USB pass-through on a remote Mac or a Mac VM. Uh, and I was also trying to find an old quote uh, so that we can actually charge a customer that we were supposed to charge a few months ago. Whoops on that. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a standard procedure for this sort of thing, as we found out. And so it's indicative that we're going to have to start implementing those. And uh, that'll actually probably be a topic for a future episode. So without further ado, let's jump right into the web news, the MacBook fiasco, a little bit of a preface to this. Mike, take it away. Oh, right. So um, essentially, I'll, I'll give a little bit of a background what's been going on. So we've been using a MacBook for about, I think it's been like a year and a half now. Uh, now we started with a really old one from 2009 or 2010. Uh, it was one like a unibody MacBook. Uh, 13 inch and it was pretty much purchased just so we could build xcode projects because um, we were we you need a mac to be able to build anything for ios so even if it's a web application that you're packaging with something like cordova which is a readily available software for any device linux windows including mac os uh, and from windows and linux you can build for android for uh, you know any other mobile platforms no problem. Unfortunately, to build for iOS, you have to have Xcode and you have to have a Mac. Um, so what we did, the solution was, is we would we got a older MacBook Pro, uh, 13 inch, and it, we got it for around like 500 Canadian rupees. Uh, and it was just a utilitarian tool just to build, you know, every once in a while, we'd have to do a build. Now, what happened was as our relationship with our contract went on, we needed to use it more and more and more, and I would go on, you know, tra my, my travels, and well, with those travels, I would have to bring pretty much the MacBook because not only does the MacBook allow you to build for iOS, it would also it's the only way to test and debug on iOS. So if there's any sort of iOS specific problem, you can't debug it without having the MacBook. So that meant that I had to bring this old MacBook that was, I mean, functional but not exactly the, the greatest and the fastest thing in the world with me on all my travels. And I would either have to bring both, which I did once. I brought two, my MacBook and a laptop with me, which was kind of a disaster going. If anyone has been doing a lot of traveling, going through airport security with two laptops, uh, having to open them up, turn them on every, every time you go through security is a real big pain. Not only that, obviously on the back, it's a pain as well. Uh, having to travel for like 24 hours. So that wasn't really an option. Then I traveled with just the MacBook, uh, and that was okay. But again, everything was a lot slower. I had to program on a much smaller screen than I was used to. Uh, even running like regular web app programming was just more of a pain, more of a pain point for me, really, as, as it went on. And I, I got to the point where I was like, okay, that's it. We're doing enough work with this MacBook that I need something a little bit better, a little bit bigger, a little bit newer. Uh, and But the the problem that I had, and I still have this problem... Uh, is that the newest MacBook Pros, 15-inch MacBook Pros, are just, I don't trust them. And I think a lot of people understand that. Like if, if you're in the Mac ecosystem right now, I'm sure you have the same kind of feeling. Uh, the, the keyboards on them, not only are they much more shallow within the older MacBook Pros and the regular really chiclet keyboard styles of any device that I've ever used, they also have a much higher failure rate. And without a keyboard, <laughs> I mean what's the point of a you know portable computer that's that's what i needed for i needed i need to be able to go out uh, i try to you know program once a week 
uh, outside, like outside my regular office just to, you know, change it up and have a little bit more productivity and reset myself for the, for the rest of the week. Uh, it's kind of one of the, one of the things that I do. So when I would take this, take my old MacBook or take another computer, uh, it was fine, but I had smaller screens. So with the new MacBook Pros, I was, I was afraid of the keyboards. So I got an older one. It was a late 2013. Uh, it had everything in it that I needed, like a quad core processor, 16 gigs of Ram, five, 12 gigabyte SSD, um, uh, even a graph, a dedicated graphics card, which is not something I particularly need, but whatever it was, it was there, which is great. Uh, and when it was working, it was fantastic. Like, honestly, it was night and day compared to the older MacBook, but all of a sudden I would start to get these intermittent, super extreme slowdowns on this newer, uh, 15 inch MacBook pro. And it would just slow to a crawl where like, if I tried to even like open up all the windows, they would just stutter and kind of like slideshow it (laughs) onto the screen and having to go from window to window and, and, you know, building a application was a very slow crawl, like taking, could, could take 40 minutes just to build something updating. Anything was like an hour and a half. So essentially it was, it was almost unusable during those times. And it happened very intermittently, very randomly, uh, but for long periods of time when it did happen. So I was like, okay, maybe it's the battery. I went through a bunch of different software fixes. I went went through a battery replacement, which is if anyone's ever done that themselves on uh, the Retina MacBook Pros, they know that that's a very involved process involving like thread and uh, rubbing alcohol, like dissolving glue. Like it was a whole process that my wife and I actually shared. Uh, it was quite quite a pain, but I got that done. We swapped the battery. Everything seemed fine. And then it came back. Um, what essentially... I ended up doing last week and what brought this discussion on was that I took it to a shop, gave it to them. They told me that, oh, we, we could probably repair it. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be a problem. I mean, we repair these things all the time, uh, even with these kinds of problems. And I was, I was all excited because I just wanted a working MacBook back and I needed it. Uh, what I learned by the end of the day that day was that it's not that simple of a problem. They would need another, like the whole weekend to diagnose it especially because it was the long weekend, the Easter weekend. So I got got some news on Monday, uh, sorry, on Tuesday, yesterday, uh, that they are not able to easily fix it. So it would be a very expensive fix. I think it was $600. Uh, and not only that, it would be a, I don't know, it would be like a week and a half, two weeks. And the pr- the biggest problem with that time frame for me is that I have three or four projects very much depending on the MacBook, being able to build for iOS, being able to build, being able to diagnose, like debug on iOS, having to use, uh, implement camera functionality in an iPad, stuff like that, in, like for a web app. So I had a lot of, uh, a lot of things that relied on that MacBook and, and it was, it's very urgent. Like I have to get it out. You know, I have one build that's due tomorrow that like I already delayed a couple days. So what what I ended up doing today was quickly driving to the closest Apple store to me, which is about 15 minutes away, and purchasing a, you know, brand new 2018 15-inch MacBook Pro. Um so now that's where I sit. I kind of I'm I'm in I have the MacBook Pro. I'm not very like I'm a little bit worried because I'm in this spot and I think most of you can probably relate if you're using MacBooks where Yes, it's an okay machine. The keyboard's kind of annoying. I could maybe get used to it. But what really worries me is that like failure rate. Like, so let's say I go on a vacation or I go on a work trip and I only bring my MacBook Pro and halfway through the work trip, it the keyboard dies. So like the S button doesn't work or the space button doesn't work. Like there's, there's many, many different things that could stop working in a keyboard. Um, if that keyboard dies during that trip, I'm SOL. Like 
what am I supposed to do? I can't, I'll t- if, even if I take it to the Apple store there, they're not going to be able to repair it for a couple of days. So I can't work. So that that's really where my highest level of concern is uh, in the reliability of these things. Not like it has a, a longer repair, like the keyboard on the 2017s has been extended to be repaired for four years. And the rumor is, is that the 2018s will be extended again to be like a free, a free repair for over four years. But that's great and all, but I'm still losing the ability to use it during the repair time. So even if it's a day or two each time to repair, if the failure rate is high enough, that could be a huge amount of a time for me wasted and money wasted because I need to get stuff done. So it's it, it's a worry when you're spending upwards of $3,000 $3, to have a machine that you're not rely, like you can't rely on. So th- this is like, this, this is a big problem with me with Apple right now. How are we supposed to, you know, it, it's great that you're building these thin machines. It's great that you're building these, uh, great tools for web developers, I guess. Uh, but why are like, if you have these massive problems with your machines, you should be rushing out a fix that can fix all of them instead of just replacing them every five seconds. Like try to try to engineer something that can not only replace, but fix the, the, the problem somehow, like get that out as fast as possible. It's already been what it's been since 2016. That's almost, you know, over three years. How can you not have a fix for this? How it's a professional product. How are people like, you know, writers and stuff, those people, you know, type all day programmers. I mean, we type all day as well. How are people using these, these things and being able to reliably go on a vacation or being able to reliably go on business trips and not have to worry. We shouldn't have to worry about a $3,000 product. We shouldn't have to be concerned about this, this thing, like, you know, the keyboard just all of a sudden breaking on us in the middle of using it. It's, it's a crazy thing to happen. Not, and there's another issue with some of the older ones. I they might have solved it in the 2018 and it's the uh the screen can sometimes stop working <laughs> i mean that's a that's a bigger issue than the keyboard even but those are the kinds of things that really worry me when it's only a few people complaining about it online like every every tech device can have an issue but when you see every single tech rev- reviewer when you go on on um i think there was a the the company uh, the company basecamp so they have recently did a did a study internally of their MacBook Pros, their their newest MacBook Pros, 2018 MacBook Pros. I think they purchased 16 of them, uh, which was like six or seven months ago. I think out of the 16, nine have exhibited the keyboard problems. That's over 50%. Like that is unacceptable. How how is that how are we supposed to feel when we hear stuff like that? Like this is not like, you know, two percent of devices. I wouldn't be very worried if it was two percent of devices. It's not a big deal. But now I'm thinking like this is 100% going to happen just when it's I don't know. It's for me, that's a huge problem. So essentially, my solution is, yes, I bought the MacBook. It has a 15 day return policy. Uh, I'm going to try to use it. I'm going to try to get used to it. If I like the keyboard, I'll have to make a decision. But I'm really hoping that the store that's fixing my MacBook Pro uh, is able to fix it even for that $600 so that I can go back to essentially an older but much more reliable device, which is crazy for me. Like I can't even... 2013 this is you know that's over five years old and i'm very tempted like i'm I'm gonna be excited if they can fix it and i'm gonna be very happy to be using a six-year-old device or seven, even seven-year-old device over a brand new device that yeah yes we can afford like our company can afford a new macbook but i can't afford to be down once every you know few months for multiple days because the keyboard's not working like it's to me that's unacceptable um I hope that they're trying to fix it, but even even if they do fix it, it's been three years. I have no no 
there's no words that I can that can say that can describe Apple right now with with their their quality control, like their their you know their driving innovation force to make everything thinner. Johnny Ives, stop doing that. Like please don't like just make it a little bit thicker. Give us a better keyboard that's not going to die. Like just because you say something has to has to work this way and has to be this thin doesn't mean that your engineering team can do it. Obviously they can't. They failed horribly on this and. I just want to call it out. So anyone that's buying a new MacBook Pro, anyone that's buying a regular MacBook, what what have you, what has your experience has been? Like let me let me know if your keyboard has failed. Maybe, you know, a bunch of people a bunch of people saying that their keyboard is fine. They've been working on a, you know, a 2017 MacBook Pro for 3 years or 2 years and they haven't had any issues. Maybe that'll calm me down a little bit, but I I haven't heard that anecdotal people that have no problems has been a lot less. For me and that could be because most people that have problems are the ones that like speak out about it but even then on like not on problem not on troubleshooting forums i look on reddit like those comment sections people just using their macbooks they're not there to the, to you know complain even they're talking about it so that's what worries me that the fact that i haven't heard any good anecdotal evidence that someone's macbook is working fine for multiple years and they've spilled crumbs on it and stuff like that and it's been fine so that's essentially where i'm at with the MacBook thing, I don't know. I I don't know. I hope I hope I can get that uh, 2013 fixed. The thing the thing with the with this whole scenario too is that we were looking for like frantically yesterday we were looking for alternatives, and we were looking for a refurb, and we found like a we found a shop that could provide us with refurbs, and even the refurbs because at this point we were going through a couple of different years, you know, of whatever they had ability, whatever they had in their availability, and. Basically, there was one that didn't have a hard drive, and I was like, oh, that's perfect. I don't care. I'll just put a hard drive in it. And then you corrected me and said, oh, no, it's a proprietary uh, MVME drive. So I thought, oh, okay, great. So there's a proprietary drive now. And then there was another year that they said they had some lamination issue. And the lamination issue, you said, was also apparently laminate comes off rather easily now i'm not up to date on macbooks at all i didn't realize that this had all happened i also was unaware that they were using proprietary hard drives mostly because i just don't care about the mac side of things for the most part um i understand that you know our website seems to work on top of safari and that type of thing but i never really cared about i don't care about a macbook like i'm why would the, why would i look that up that'd be like me looking up the latest acer laptop that i don't use it's like who cares like i'll do the if i need to buy an acer laptop i'll just research it when i go to buy it like i don't care um, and it's the same goes with Samsung tablets. I have an older Samsung tablet now. I'm not going to look up the new ones until I, if like when, or if I need one later. So all this had like flaunt, flown by. I had no idea there was this many issues. I'd heard about this keyboard issue though, because I did see the unveiling a few years ago of this, you know, thin, more, th- more thin. I, I forget what the name of the switch is, but it's like the new switch that they use on their, on their keyboards. And it's kind of discouraging the butterfly switch and it's and it's it's very discouraging to hear from such an expensive product too that you know i also we i I also just bought a a laptop so like my desktop is over seven plus years old built it in college my my laptop i think is around the same age i always forget i know i bought my laptop or after my desktop but i think it wasn't that long after uh, so I think it was only months after, not 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 even a year. So you know we're talking you know seven eight years in that range anyway. And so we bought like a new laptop, like a really good a really good one, and that's what I'm going to be using. And we upgraded my desktop because my desktop is still still working and still serviceable. Knock on wood. So anyway, um, but like that 
that product, as far as we know, do not, doesn't have these issues. It that product was also twenty, like forget how much it was now, uh, twenty six hundred approximately. That was after tax, and that was that was shipped, and that was more powerful in terms of just internal like spec. If you look at the spec per per part, that's it's more powerful as well. It's running Windows, of course it is because it's me. But at the same time, it's like. <laughs> Like what's like what's going on here? Like why are these things so expensive when when you can get a PC that's more powerful and that's more powerful and it's less money? Now this of course kind of falls into the trap of Apple's a closed garden and all that stuff, but the real problem I think that exists here is there's no alternative. As Mike said, there's no there's no way for you to develop for develop or debug for an iOS device without a MacBook uh, or like a Mac device. You could use an iMac or something like that, but but like an Apple device, a, a compatible Apple device, even then, because even our really old MacBook couldn't do it. It has to be, you know, a relatively newer Apple device, in this case, a MacBook. On top of all that, we were looking for alternatives and, and obviously the refurb was one alternative, but then we also looking for, like I used to be an administrator in, uh, in a lab. So a, 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 like a network administrator. So what we used to do is, is we would always appliance everything out is what I, what I call it. It's not the standard term, but like, that's what I call it is if I don't really want to use something too much, like I don't really like I we're using the MacBook because we're using Mac because we need to, not because we want to. And it's not any sort of statement, if you will, if you can really make a statement with computers, but like if, if you get what I mean, it, it, because, because we had, because we, because we were trying to, just use it as a tool and it's just pure utilitarian at least until we could get the other one fixed we try to go and look up you know vms we try to go and look up alternatives that way and then we got then you run into a bunch of other issues with usb pass through you run through running issues with all that type of stuff because we went to a service called mac and cloud and admittedly we went for the free trial and it spun up very fast but then when we went to install a program that was supposed to allow the USB to go through, the trial doesn't include administrative access. So you have to go and get that. And then we just kind of stopped at that point because it was rather, it started like the cost started adding up because there's like a bunch of options when you go uh, for the, I think we went for the dedicated option, if I remember correctly. The thing is, is like, what's the, what's the option here? If, if I, like, heaven forbid, I get a project that, that comes down the, down the pipe, down the pipe one day and I need to get a Mac or I need to use anything on a Mac. I don't know that I could rely on something like Mac and cloud. First of all, it's remote, right? So like it was definitely for us, it was definitely a, a tertiary solution, a temporary solution. But so like Mike goes to the cafe or Mike goes out and works somewhere else, whatever. If he doesn't have really good connection to a VM remote VM, you're kind of screwed. So there's that problem. If, if, even if I'm just out somewhere else and I don't have a good connection, you're screwed there. It doesn't matter what the heck, what the heck that is. Do you have no, as far as we know, camera access? So if we need any sort of camera access at all, any sort of specific, specific peripheral thing, like let's say if you're doing something for the MacBook and you need to do something with the MacBook's webcam, you can't really, as far as I understand, test that. You can emulate iOS devices on that thing. But without this USB working, you can't really do USB debugging either. And that's kind of what we were using. So, yes, we put very little time into looking into that particular avenue. But it is a, an issue where you need to spin it up. But the issue would be solved if the if there was a half-decent alternative to these MacBooks. Like, why are there several issues that with newer MacBooks... The really old MacBooks are cut off from support, which that part is understandable, but the really old MacBooks are cut off from support. 
the ones that are like not on the chopping block but like coming up they're the last ones that are a bit more traditional they have a proprietary hard drive but they're like the ones that mike bought and had broken it's going to cost us $600 to replace two two chips on the board. And this is not a regular computer shop. This is a this is a place that that fixes circuit boards. They have special equipment and whatever else and they have the soldering equipment and everything else. So you're going to a specialty shop. Like if this was a problem with my main if with this main computer on my right, I would either take it apart myself or just go to like Canada Computers or something and they'd be able to look at it and they would go and they'd maybe swap a part out or fix this or fix that. And I've done that. I've gotten my power supply tested with that. With a MacBook, it's very different. A lot of the time it's just I'll oh, just replace it. Just replace it. Or like just or like just replace this part or just replace this or just replace that. And it seems like it's a it's playing into a lot of the it seems to be playing into the, the throwaway economy. And what I don't understand is a lot of developers, and it's probably because they're stuck, but a lot of developers use MacBooks and oftentimes it's like sometimes they're not actually developing for Mac, so which is also strange. But what's weird is is these are like quote unquote like starving developers, if you will. Like they're just getting started, they're they're beginners. Maybe they just quit their job and they're trying to work freelance or something like that. Imagine like a massive bill like that. The laptop that I just bought, which was like 2600 bucks, is like a really good laptop. I could have gone way lower in an emergency situation. I could have gone to like $700. There's $300 computers around, like PCs around. I could piece together parts for like 500 bucks if I desperately needed to in an emergency. I can't see I can't see you doing that with a Mac, especially now that you can't like you can kind of take it apart, but it's like the parts are hard to source, everything's soldered on there now and the more modern things. It's just, it's, it's too much money. There's not enough alternatives and it's just, it's a mess. And I don't know if Mike has any other comment on that, but based on like what we were going through this week, but the USB pass through, like what a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, I mean, the whole situation is essentially you're just locked into using this and I mean, okay. So yes, Mac OS is not bad. It's not terrible. Like I can, I can get used to the whole Mac OS aspect of, of everything. It's essentially Linux with the skin on it, whatever. I like Windows better, but that's fine. It's it it's a it's significantly worse. Like having run into uh, the issues that I ran into last week, it is a lot worse for debugging. It is a lot worse for finding hardware issues. Like it does not have the diagnostics tools that Windows has, um, which sucks. And like I even I put uh, bootcamp Windows on there just to monitor some of the voltages that I couldn't monitor in macOS because I just couldn't figure out how to monitor voltages in there uh i easy easy to do on windows so i installed windows on there and i could monitor voltages a little bit better so when i took it into the shop and this guy's a mac expert and stuff like that uh he was like he thanked me very like thanked me for having windows on there because he can't do his diagnostics on a mac on the mac os side so that sucks about mac os as well that's a side that's a side thing but yeah i don't like that i'm stuck like I'm not a Mac guy. I don't ever want to be a Mac guy. But if I want a portable computer that I can take with me and do everything that is required of my job, I have absolutely no choice. And I don't think that's ever going to change. I don't think Mac's ever going to go and be like, "Oh, we're releasing Xcode uh and, you know, debugging iPad debugging, iOS debugging, uh Safari debugging for all the operating systems, Windows, Linux, whatever." I don't think that's ever going to happen because they love it. Obviously, they love the closed garden aspect of it. They love it that developers have to buy them if they want to be able to service their entire clientele, all their client base, be able to test all the browsers. They that's their goal. And obviously they're 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 doing it to the best of their ability 
and doing a great job at it. And I would be like, like a capital capitalistic view on it is that I would be okay with it. Um, if they had a good solution, if they, if their device, their MacBook pro that they sell for an exorbitant amount of money compared to everything else on the market, if it was a good device, if I legitimately, like, I would not mind spending the money on it, honestly, like the $3,000. Yeah, it sucks. But I would, I would be like, I would just, I would just do it and not even think about it. If I didn't have to, in the back of my mind, constantly worry about this keyboard issue. Like this is constantly going to be a pain in the ass if I have to keep this notebook, because I'm going to, I'm going to baby it. Like I'm going to put a keyboard cover on it. I am going to never eat near it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm going to be very, very careful with my MacBook to make sure that I don't have this issue, especially when I'm on, when I'm traveling and I can't afford to lose a couple days or, you know, lose my whole entire travel time for not being able to work. Like I might even have to bring an external, you know, USB keyboard with me as a backup device, just in case the keyboard craps out. That's, that's the level that I would go to if I were to keep this device. Those are the kinds of things I would have to do to serve, to, to protect and, actually use my $3,000 investment. Whereas if I bought the same laptop that Matt just bought, uh, which was, it wasn't even $2,500, it was $2,200. Oh, uh, I forgot. I forgot about the cashback. That's right. Yeah. The cashback and all that. And like the, even $2,200 with tax, it has, you know, a great graphics card. It has a, a, a great screen, all like the keyboard is amazing on it. Lenovo has great keyboards. Everyone knows that. Uh, yes, it's a little bit thicker. Like maybe I wouldn't buy that exact laptop, uh, but essentially I would probably buy something similar for much cheaper and have everything that I would possibly need and not be as afraid. And, and I wouldn't have to baby it. I wouldn't have to like treat this thing as like, as if it's going to break tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like I, and I'm not treating it like as it's going to break tomorrow because it's a monetary issue because these things can be repaired. Like I can take it to Apple. They have a good repair, like they have a good, you know, replacement strategy. They have everything like that, but I'm treating it because those days, those essential, those days that I would lose it for would be very essential probably to me. Because again, I lost it for, I didn't have a MacBook for like four or five days. And I'm, I was already in a panic because I was constantly getting contacted by my clients being like, where's the, where's the build? I need to, I need to get the build out. Uh, I was always worried that I have, I would have to recreate my development environment on a new MacBook and stuff like that. Like, it's just, it, it was a constant pain. It was a constant pressure on me. So it, it even hindered the rest of my workflow because I was constantly thinking about it. I couldn't do my regular, uh, go out and work during the week. So I felt like I was locked in for the whole week, which kind of sucked. So really not again, if it were to go in for repair, it would be the same thing for me. I would just be in, in that constant panic mode and, it would affect me in not just the way that I don't have my MacBook. It would affect me because I'm just, I'm worried that I need to use it right away and I don't have access to it. So that's my issue. That's, and I, I don't know what the solution is right now. Um, I'm really hoping that again, that 2013 MacBook pro is fixed and I'm able to use that. Even if I can use that for a couple more years, uh, maybe in crossing my fingers, I don't know if this is going to happen, obviously, because their track record is not great. Maybe they will fix the keyboard. Maybe they'll redesign the keyboard. And in two years, I'll buy a brand new MacBook and I'll be happy with it. Um, but yeah, I, I just like it's the, the issue for me is that almost every year that the MacBook has been released, there has been one major defining problem of each generation. There have been a few exceptions to those. I think like literally late 2013, uh, the one that I have is supposed to be one of the better ones because uh, I don't think it has a screen lamination issue and everything else kind of works. But uh, 
after that, there's the screen lamination issue. So all of the, all of the ones that anyone, if anyone cleaned their screens constantly, they would have uh, peeling, like the screen kind of peeling. And you would see it even when the screen is on, you would see these like blemishes all over the screen, which is a huge pain. Uh, so they had an extended warranty program for that even. So you know that Mac has acknowledged that problem. Whenever they have an extended warranty program, they extend the regular warranty to four years. And that's when you know they've acknowledged it at least. At least they're they're doing something about it. But but like and every year they have that now they have this keyboard problem then they have the the display problem on the on the newer Macs as well where it just starts turning off pretty much so it's just i don't want i i feel like i'm repeating myself too much so i'm going to stop doing that but um yeah it's just it's an unfortunate situation i really hope mac gets their stuff together uh, i want to hope like i'm i'm fully okay with again buying a macbook as long as i am confident in its ability to at least work i would i would agree with that like i mean i got we're bashing it a lot and you know there's a lot there there, you know there are there are alternatives like you could find a good reverb you could do this you could do that but the issue when you're a developer is that these machines are very expensive you can't be buying a 200 hundred dollar, you know redundant machine or something like that where you could have as a backup where you with it like you could with a pc and so when you go to buy a redundant computer, you know, buying a refurb is you're buying something that's generally, you know, used to an extent or open box or whatever, however the company dictates that. And so, you know, you're kind of shopping around and generally speaking, it's not same day. The only same day thing is to go, like the only same day sure thing is to go and purchase a new computer. And this isn't, again, 200, 500, 300. It's like, oh, three grand, like around three grand. And remember, we're talking in Canadian prices, but it's around three grand, something like that. And it's, and it's, it's a big expense and it's a big problem because it's, it's, if, if they're pigeonholing you so that you have to use their product, I mean, it's pretty smart to be honest. Um, talking as a capitalist, like Mike kind of touched on this, but talking as a capitalist, it does make a lot of sense. Let's make sure they have to use our product and let's make sure that they have to use, well, they don't have to, but generally speaking, they have to use our repair service and we'll make sure that things are replaced and all that. And, you know, kudos for that. Great. But when your product, when you make your product integral, you have to have a turnaround time that's faster than a couple of days. You have to have a turnaround time that's faster. It, uh, I was reading years ago that there was some sort of big, I don't know, it was a scandal or just a complaint. But there was people were having uh, car problems with some sort of recall on a car. And the warranty that, that they all had, because it was a brand new car, was, oh, you can just do without your car for 30 days. Like, that's a part of the warranty. Like, whatever, it's just 30 days. What are you talking about? Like, you're still going to get your money back. But it's like, oh, there goes my commute vehicle. Like, there it goes. Like, these companies do need to, to an extent, have to understand that if you're becoming an integral part, yes, like, obviously, we they, we don't expect service within, like, two hours or, like, within even, let's say, 24 hours. Like, 24 hours would be ideal. Like, if you're really, if they're really slammed, 24 hours is even bad. But at the same time, it's like, if you go to your, if you go to my carrier, for example, my, my, my uh, cell phone carrier. I can get a loaner if my phone breaks and it's not even the carrier's fault. It's the manufacturer's fault or maybe I dropped it or whatever, whatever was the break. The carrier covers me. Why doesn't, why don't, why aren't there like loaner MacBooks or not? At least, at least there aren't any that I'm aware of. And again, I'm not up to date on Mac. So you can always comment or something, something like that. And to be fair, the Mac in the Mac in cloud VM that we did use, because it was a trial did work really good for a real quick spin up and there were better packages and there were better ways to connect to and that type of thing uh, you can buy better spec i mean uh, yeah so there's were better there are, there were better options and stuff like that for the certain packages and i'm sure that if we 
spend more time with it because we just were doing it in a panic, it would be a, a good solution. So maybe like a refurb's a good solution or Mac and Cloud's a good solution because obviously you could just rent another one or whatever if something went down. Maybe that's the solution here. But at the same time, it's a it's an expensive solution and it does rely on you having a really good internet connection, especially if you're transferring, you know, reasonably sized files. And that's not always the case. I think we're relying on too many things. Admittedly, if you have a main PC and it goes down, yes, you're screwed as well, maybe for a week, two days, whatever, but it's much cheaper to just buy that quick replacement. Uh, now, I think Mike has to take off here uh, in a few minutes. Yep, yep. So uh, th- we're just going to conclude this episode. Like I said, there's going to be a bit of a structural change next week, and this episode was done in a real quick haste. But this was this was why it happened, and this is our thoughts on what it, on on it, on uh, on what happened. And so we'll be back next week with a full regular episode with just a few little structural tweaks, like we mentioned before. But thank you for listening, and make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing on the platform of your choice. You can follow us on the socials via at HTML All the Things. That's on Facebook and Instagram. We're at we're or rather we're on Twitter, which is at HTML Everything. We are on Medium. We are on GitHub. And remember, we are on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash HTML all the things. Check out the tiers and give that a go. And feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on. And we are signing off.